Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with author Jenna Aston. Welcome to the Audiobook Loving Series, Jenna. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk to you and about, you know, yourself, your books, your audiobooks, and even that renovation thing that you're going on that we'll get to in a little bit, because <laughs> that's ah. always fun and exciting. Um, and I love the stuff that you've been sharing. So I'm like, ooh, maybe she can come over and help me with my stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, I <laughs> Too. I um I want to help everyone remodel, but only if they let me do exactly what they want. So <laughs> but as well, long as I get to do what I want, then yes, it's a free service and <laughs> I'll help anyone. Yeah, no, it's, I've loved everything so far you've done. So I think that would be great. Uh, but why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started? Um, I let's see. So I started, what year is this? 2022? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really struggling with 2022, by the way. Like I, I just can't in my mind understand that it's 2022. So I continually, like when it comes up, I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Like it's 2021. And I'm like, no, I know that's not true. I don't know. I've, I've, I'm real scattered lately. Like where I'm like, I think it's, is it May of the year 2020? If I ever got, if I got pulled over and you know how they like to ask you questions to make sure you're like, not crazy. Yeah. I, I would not be able to answer any. I would be like, I don't know what day of the week it is. Like I buddy, I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, so how I got started. Yeah. So 2022. So I first published in the fall of 20 or 2015. So I guess it's going on seven years now. Um, and I got started. I don't like even consider myself a writer. Like, I know it's such a weird thing to say, cause now I'm like seven years into it. It wasn't something that came naturally to me. It wasn't, um, like, I don't have a lot of writers and I'm kind of jealous of this have like a bunch of, you know, manuscripts on their computer or like half finished things because they've been writing things for decades. Like, I don't have any of that. I just started, um, I was PAing for another author, like a virtual, uh, you know, Facebook kind of thing. And I had an idea for a book and I was like, I, you know, maybe I can do this. And I, I think it was also around that time you know, like 50 shades of gray had come out and, um, everyone was really into romance. And then it was also right in there where, uh, the Kindle became a thing. And so anyone could publish, right? Like you didn't need a publisher. You didn't need an agent. You didn't need all of that to write a book and have people read it. So it was, I feel like all right within that time frame, And it was like, Oh, maybe I could write a book and I'll just put it up and it'll be fun. And so that's kind of what I did. And then it, it took off. And so I was like, oh gosh, I guess I'll write another one. And it kind of like, that's kind of how I got into it. And then just have kept doing like I keep doing it, but I'm not, I'm not super fast. So I always feel a lot of weird, I don't know, guilt about that, like that I should be faster. Um, that was a really long answer to a simple question, but there you no. go. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, I love those kind of stories and just, again, can to know you guys better. And as far as the writing faster, yeah, some, in the, some authors are busting them out 
out of, you know, literally out of nowhere, they're coming up with these things. And at the same time, I always, I always say to everybody, I would much rather wait for a book than have the author rush it and have it be a meh kind of a book. So I much rather wait and have you do your thing, whatever your process looks like, you know, once things are settled or whatever, if you're, you know, in your case doing renovations and things like that, and then get a really good, really awesome book versus again, you rushing in and having go, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so, and I think yeah. a lot of people feel the same way. It's tough. Cause I, yeah, I, I, I get all sides. Like I, as a reader, I would love new stuff constantly. Um, but I'm just not like a speedy, I'm never going to be like turning out like six or eight or 10 books a year. Um, but that's okay. Like it's, it's, it's totally, I don't know why I even feel guilty about that. Like I just, um, I think you see like the, how much other people can produce. And so you feel like you should, which is just silly. Cause we're all like on different paths and like so there's plenty of people that do like one book a year. And that's, I don't ever look at those people and think, Oh gosh, you should be doing more. Um, I think it's just, I don't know. I, it's probably like there's an ingrained thing where you always feel like you're supposed to be doing like hustling harder and doing more and all that kind of stuff. But I've gotten better. I think over the years of doing this, of not like beating myself up for those kind of things and just being like, no, we're all on different paths and that's okay. Yeah. I think part of it is the imposter syndrome. The other part of it is us being, you know, women and thinking that we have to be hustling all the time and a little bit of that, you know, even though we don't think of it, I mean, I, at least I don't think of it as competition, but at the same time you're going, okay, well, if they can, why can't I? And as you said, it's about realizing that we all are all on different paths. I think part of it too, is because your, your readers and your listeners are like, oh my God, that was such an awesome book. When's the next one coming out? <laughs> and we kind of, you know, we want to have more, but I think also too, sometimes when there's some that are producing it so fast and so quickly, it is because people are devouring it, but at the same time, I'm also going how much of the story is really that different versus the fir- the first, you know, the previous four that they just busted out with. So there's a lot of little caveats and ups and downs to the different things. But, I, you know, while I'm waiting for yours, I, you know, pick another author and hang out, you know, and, and read them and then kind of go back to yours if I need a cleansing palette and kind of go from there. So. And this is like such a bizarre and like, dark thing almost to say, but like, I, I think early on too, cause I started later too. It's not like I started writing in my twenties. Um, I just sort of like, I'm like, Oh, this is so dark and twisty. I'm like, when I'm dead, if I leave behind like 25 books, I'm okay with that. Like it doesn't, I don't have to leave behind a catalog of a hundred or 150 books. Like that, that's not going to happen. Um, but, and I'm totally okay with that. Like I, I think if I leave behind 25 or 50 or whatever the number is like, that's good. You know, like yeah. I, those are the stories I wanted to tell and um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I have this way of looking at things sometimes where I come up with these like really dark analogies. Where, like, um, no, but I think that's also part of that. When we think about our legacy and when, what are yeah. we going to leave behind? What are we going to be known for? And we kind of just try to figure that out. And, and it's okay to be known for that. Well, I mean, how many, um, huge, you know, writers that are famous that are taught in our schools, maybe only had really one or two books out there, but they're infamously known for, you know, fill in the blank reasons. 
Um, and then others that we have no idea who these individuals are, but they've had thousands of books out there available or other things, artists, musicians, things like that. I mean, like, hello, look at our one hit wonder list of musicians. Um, 30 years later, we're, yeah, 30 years later, we're still grooving to that one song and it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to research that later now. Cause I do feel like, yeah, like big writers in history, like none of them really had more than what? 20 years like now I'm gonna have to go look at Jane Austen how many did she have (laughs) well I mean yeah it it goes back to people having a life and having to have other responsibilities and not being able to um but even then even the process has changed now we have dictations and we have devices where if you're driving you could you know take a second uh, at a red light to you know or do a voice note that says hey remember to do this about that one scene back then pen and paper this time you know feathers and inks <laughs> and stuff like that and and getting things published also took a lot longer so i think that's the other thing uh, too that we're trying to gauge and like the edit process of yep. like no mm-hmm. everything took longer i think also we're living in a faster pace of things and that's another thing too that i think we kind of i feel like we it's okay to slow down and just enjoy the process and enjoy the the time that you have with the book, regardless of how you're reading it or listening to it and just chill and get it all in and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a, but I love the fact that we all have different processes. Otherwise it'd be very boring if you were all the same. That is true. And you would mm-hmm. never really learn anything from anyone because everyone would be doing the exact same thing all the time. So mm-hmm. it's probably, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I think too, it's just one of those, we all have different styles and we kind of like learn from each other. Um, like I'm known as like the spreadsheet girl. So I will do things a la spreadsheet, color code and all that fun stuff. I see you too. Kindred spirit. I knew it. Um, and then others are like, yeah, but have you tried it this way? And I'm like, oh, okay. Or they're like, hey, babe, I, I have no idea how to do a book Bible. I'm like, let me help you and stuff like that so it's just one of those things where we learn from each other we learn quicker ways of doing things and then we learn sometimes that we have to slow down otherwise we'll forget that the hero started having blue eyes in the first scene and now he has brown eyes (laughs) at the end of the book no matter how slow we are trust me like it's such a um it is that is a funny thing having transitioned from being a reader to a writer Mm -hmm. because as a reader those things are so you're like how could you not know that and it is so easy to, like, first of all, in, within the same book, your editor is going to catch it. But like, gosh, when you have characters that pop back in on other books and you're like, what, how did I describe them? Or <laughs> my worst is like, there's times where I can get like three chapters into something. And I'm like, I am literally using this name. Like I already gave a character. This is like a first name or a last name. And I don't even have that many books. I don't know how the people with a hundred, they must have a good spreadsheet that they consult before they start anything. Because like, I forget, and I don't even have that big of a list, um, you know, like what names I've used, which sounds ridiculous, but that's another thing too. Before you write your first book, you think, oh my gosh, that would be the funnest part, naming them. Like you get to name all these characters, how much fun. It's only fun like the first time. And then by even the time you get to like, maybe like the third book, in my opinion, um, you're just like, oh my God, what are these characters' names? Could someone name them? Like, <laughs> it, it gets exhausting real fast coming up with different, because I'm still picky about it. Like, I'm still, um, I want names that are not too distracting. And like, 
I don't know. It, it's it's harder. It's less fun, the naming process than one would think. Well, I think it's one of those things also, too, that people tend to think it's a bit of a throwaway concept, just like fill in the blank, Emily, you know, and and Michael. But a lot of times these these are your little babies. And just like when it comes down to our pets, at mm-hmm. least for me, I like kind of having knowing what their personalities are, how they're if they're affectionate or not, um, and then kind of have their names. I mean, like with my last dog, it took me three weeks to name him because I was trying to figure out what, you know, what he was telling me and what he was showing me. And I'm like, oh, dude. And other times it was like, you're Darcy because you're so prim and proper. And it's, you know, and I love Jane, you know, Jane Austen and and Pride and Prejudice and all that fun stuff. So it's hard to have characters because like, I want the couple name to sound good together. Yeah. So it's like that added component where even if you're like, oh, I really like this name. And then you're like, mm, do I like these two names together? Um, but yeah, I mean, it is fun, but I'm just saying it's not quite, you think that would be the funnest part. And it's like, it gets annoying real fast. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a, I think the one thing I see in common across all genres after, you know, being in, you know, working in this industry and being part of the, as a reader and a listener the one thing I can say is there's always going to be a moment where I see an author bust out with, so, Hey, any name suggestions? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like I see those on Facebook all the time. All the time. Yep. Okay, I, gotta, I gotta name someone, someone give me some ideas. Uh, the amount of time I spend just like scrolling random baby websites, like looking for names or just, you know, something to motivate me and, um, or like sometimes I like to even, you know, popular names of like whatever year it was that they would have been born. And um, yeah, it's, it's surprising my search engine is not a bigger mess because like I'm sure they never know what to like target me with because it's like, are we targeting her with like baby formula or like, <laughs> like a retirement villa? Like no one, like we don't know what to do with this lady. So <laughs> yeah, your browser histories as of an author is always interesting. <laughs> Yes. And then I always love it too. And then like Facebook gets excited and starts advertising like $10 million apartments to me. And I'm like, Oh no friend. Like <laughs> that, that was just research Yep, and, uh, in the market for a $10 million pet house in, um, in New York city. Mm-hmm. And then you, yeah, you start kind of falling into a little bit of that pit hole. We're like, Oh, let me just check it out. And you're going, you want how much for what again? Gee, Louise, no. Um, but yeah, those are always fun when that happens too. Um, it, it's I, I yeah. love to real estate shop. Then. Mm-hmm. It's a good window shopping kind of thing. I know that I do that sometimes, yeah. especially when it, yeah, I've noticed sometimes too, when the author has a, a setting that even if it is like in something very popular, like New York, um, but they're more specific about the the, the little town that the, 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 they live in or the city or the type of, you know, building that it is. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that really does exist. And then I'll start Googling and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, that is a nice small town. Oh, it's like Lorelai and Gilmore Girls. And <laughs> you kind of just I like ah. do that. Yeah. Even um, in the big cities, I like to like I do like to Google and like figure out exactly where they live and then make sure I'm using, like, I'll just toss in like, Oh, I took a right onto, you know, Elm street or whatever and make sure that it's correct. Um, I don't know why I just like, because I will also make up fake locations as needed. Like, so it might be, you know, they go to a Walgreens. I just like to make sure like if, would they have a Walgreens there? Would it have been a, um, 
like whatever's big in that city, a CVS or um, something totally different. But then right next to it might be like a fake coffee shop that they're going to. Um, so I kind of like intersperse the, the fake locations with the real ones, but try to put them on like actual, cause there's, I, to me as a reader, it's really annoying. Like don't come to, don't put something in my city and then like name something we don't have unless mm-hmm. it's fictional. Um, so I don't know. I do Google maps is my friend. I like to do a lot of Google maps. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's also kind of cool when we know that it's uh, the story is based in a city that's actually real. And if we happen to travel, um, you know, like Sharon and Kenyon um, does her one of her series in New Orleans. And when I went, I literally took the she had it on her website, all the different places where the, you know, the characters would hang out and what, you know, would this happen or that happen? And it's, it's kind of fun to kind of go around the city and say, oh, that's where so-and-so did that. And oh, yeah, that is a dark alley. Perhaps we should not be going down that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but your stories are very much um, light and then they have, you know, you kind of fall in within the contemporary romance, within the rom-com of subgenres. What made you decide to write in that genre per se? Um, I, I didn't, this is actually funny. I was trying to write erotica and, um, I, I don't even know because my first, my, the first book I wrote was, you know, a virgin and her gynecologist. So obviously it lends to sounding kind of kinky and it was, it's by far the dirtiest I've written and not by, um, it's not that I've tried to make others less dirty. I think you just like, I just poured a lot of dirty out in that one. Um, I do, I will say though, it, it, in a way it gets a little harder. Like I didn't think anyone was going to read it. And so it was, it was easier to just like be very filthy. And then once you realize people are actually reading it, it's like, oh, you think a little, I don't know. Does that sound crazy? Like you think a little bit more as you're typing, you're like, oh my God, someone's going to read this and think I'm a weirdo. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, so I was just like, I want to write like a dirty, sexy book, like all the stuff I want to read in a book, you know? And so I-, I was just going for like, I was writing erotica. And then my beta readers were like, oh my God, this is hysterical. And I was like, okay, I'm writing rom-com. Like that's literally how it started where I was just like, okay, I'm, I guess that's what I write. Um, so now I like to consider it. It's like, a, I think I write like a, erotic rom-com some of them are little I don't think any of them are clean like they're all definitely open door sex scenes um but wrong is the filthiest one um so I I like I'm just not capable I don't think of I don't want to torment characters and I don't want to read that either I I too much angst is not my jam in a book, um, even as a reader. Um, I, I read to be happy. Um, I like do an um there because I do also like, there are some like mafia type books I like, and there are some like darker BDSM type books that I like. Um, but I feel like the struggle in those books isn't them just being stupid and torturing each other does that make sense like we're yeah those kind of I can't read the like I don't know I just don't want to feel sad I don't want to feel sad like 
like it's real life sad. And I think with like a mafia book, I don't ever, it doesn't feel like real life. So it's like, okay, that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I stumbled into where I was like, oh, I guess that's my niche, my niche, I think, where I kind of do, uh, cause the, the comedy, honestly, I don't try, like it just happens. Like I'm not, cause some people are like, comedy is hard. I'm like, oh, I don't really think about it. Like I just, um, that part comes very natural for me. So like, I'm not ever thinking about like, how do I make this funny? Like, that's just what's going on in my head. Um, so yeah, that's how I got there, I guess. I'm very rambly. <laughs> no, I love it. I think that it's, it's one of those, I love kind of figuring out how you came into that genre um, of any of the authors that they're writing it, because it's one of those things where like, did they just, did it just pop that way? Did they intentionally do it? How did that look and things like that? And so, yeah, no, don't worry. I, I love the answers. It um, was, it, yeah, it was accidental, like mm-hmm. sort of how I got there, but then the end result is purposeful because like what you just said, where there are a lot of authors and it fascinates me where they're like, Oh, I'm writing, um, like just some, like I'm writing BDSM right now because it's hot. And I'm like, how do you write something? I, I could not, like, I absolutely could not write, um, a lot of things, you know, like I, mafia isn't really, I, there's so and sometimes I like to think like, Oh, I, I want to write, I don't know, something that's not my, I just couldn't do it. So I, it's, it's always fascinates me when people are like, Oh, I guess a better example are the people that write romance, but they don't really want to be writing romance. Like they want to be writing, um, sci-fi or they want to be writing like shapeshifters or, or something, but you know, romance is where a lot of the money and readers are at. And so they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm writing romance for that reason. And I, that is what blows me away. Cause I, I get it. Like I respect that people need to make a living, but like, I could not, if someone was like, we need you to write sci-fi, I'd be like, no, I can't do that for you. Like, I just, it's not my thing. Um, or any, like, I'm trying to think, it's really, like, contemporary romance is my, I wish I could write historical romance, but I do not have the dedication to actually research anything (laughs) um, that deeply, and also all my characters would be talking like they were living in the, you know, 21st century, Um, I would never be able to get the language right, but oh, I'd love to read it. Well, I think that's, that's also a good thing where we have such a variety of subgenres within romance because we can do the for those that do like the inks and for those that do like the darker stuff they have like the dark romance and then they have like the bully romance where I'm more of very similar to you I like to have a little bit of low angst um and to have that feel good it's you know feeling I don't want to have to be totally sad or tormented or be triggered by things that have happened in my own life and just say oh look I'm reading about shit that happened to me yay um (laughs) and then there's some that like focus you know purposely go after the darker stuff and uh, and things like that so I think that's where it's really good that we have such a variety um and contemporary romance can uh, lead into so many different things I actually know of an author that when I um alpha read her book because she was thinking about it it was a second series that she had started writing it and it's a shifter but it totally reads like a contemporary up until that point where like oh yeah and I shift and like wait what and so it was kind of really cool where it totally reads as a contemporary 
romance per se, but they just happen to be shapeshifters that are wolves and things like that. And then there's more the world building in the in the upcoming books and stuff like that. But that first one is like, oh, so I always suggest that one for anybody that is more into contemporary and has not done a, a PNR. I'm like, start with that one. Um, but yeah, it's it's, uh, it's fun. Plus, you know, we all have our niche and our and our things that we like to do, so that's fine. And I love yeah. your sense of humor in your book. So I think good. even within like too, like what you just. I don't know, you said something that made me think. Um, like, in terms of like the angst that I don't like, like I love Insta love. Like I love a care, I love a couple, I want them together um, pretty quick, like within a year, you know, like I want yeah. them to figure this shit out within a year. So those are the kind of things when I say, I don't read to be sad. I cannot read a like a, a thing where the couple is not being a couple for like a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, some, and, but it's one of those, like some people, I'm sure they see, search those out. They love them. They love the angst. They love the pain. And to me, I'm just so tormented by it. Like I'm not enjoying it. Like I just want them to be together and happy. Um, so those are the ones where I'm like, no, I, I literally don't think I could do it. And I don't even want it. Like, it's not something I would want to write. I would just be sad the whole time. Um, but yeah, I do. I do love I do love an Insta romance. Yeah. <laughs> this can be fun. I think sometimes we we tend to go be like, oh, how realistic is it? But at the same time, then we're also going, eh, it's supposed to be an escape from realism. And sometimes it does happen. I mean, I, you know, people meet each other and they knew that there was something there. And mm-hmm. I think people also tend to mistake that Insta love for the, hey, I just met you and I'm madly in love with you. Let's get married and have sex kind of a thing versus it takes still time, but it's very quickly. You know, yeah. whether it's a couple of months, it could be within that year, uh, you know, it, it varies. But yeah, those are also very fun. The other thing that a lot of listeners and readers are more seem to be more focused, especially this year, instead of the, the, the genres and the subgenres, they're mostly focused on the tropes, whether it's, you know, the friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, office romances, you know, the the bullies and stuff like that. Is there a type of trope that you love to write? I mean, yes. And no, like the funny thing is I always feel like I struggle with tropes. Like I, um, I sort of feel like I write the book and then I'm like, what was the trope? Like, I know (laughs) what, I I don't ever, it's something I do struggle with because I, and I wish I could go into it a little bit more like, Oh, I'm writing, um, friends to lovers or whatever. Um, I, I gear and then, I think I misclassify things. I love like a billionaire trope every time. I love a virgin trope, like love it. Um, I love an age gap. Um, friends to lovers. I don't even know that I've done that. Like it's always like fake. It's like fake dating. So like maybe that's kind of a friends to lovers. Um, I love a surprise pregnancy or like a secret baby. I love uh, um like an elopement, is that what you would like, you know, like wake up in Vegas kind of married? Yeah. Um, those are all like my key. I love like a workplace. It's hard. It is interesting too. The more we like evolve as a society, like some of the stuff is a little less uh, politically correct, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it is a fine line. Like you want like a hot office romance, but not creepy. Yeah. Um, you don't want to have to involve HR in your book. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, sometimes I the one um I did an office romance in Good Girl and I I felt like 
I need to address it. And so there was a scene where like, they literally sat down and was like, okay, we're dating. Like, um, so I just absolutely like pointed a finger at it and addressed it that like it was addressed mm-hmm. because it was definitely like, he was like the boss's boss's boss, boss, you know? And, and she was like a brand new hire. Um, so like, as long as I, yeah, I think it's been addressed and there's consent and all that, but I, I do love a good workplace, um, romance mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I, I, it's funny too. I, when I sometimes feel that it's a little bit of a spoiler when they tell me it's a friends to lovers, for an example, I already know, okay, great. They were friends and now they're going to become lovers. How do they go about it? Versus discovering that as I'm reading or listening to it. I just find it fascinating that within the last year or two, tropes have become so popular overriding the genre itself, I think, to that extent. Um, yeah, it is interesting because like, I think even with authors that are like my absolute favorites, I, I tend to notice that as well. Like if they, if it's clear in the blurb, it's something I'm not into. Like, I'm sort of like, eh, I don't know if I want to read that one, which is horrible because it's like, I can read everything they write and love, mm-hmm. but then I'm sort of instantly like, oh, I don't want to read about it. Um, second, like second chance romance is not my thing. Or like, um, like, a widow or something is like not my thing um I'd probably enjoy it again if it was like my favorite author but it's just like not a trope that I would be like oh gosh let me grab that yeah um Mm -hmm. it is it is interesting yeah single dad's another thing too I kind of like finding out along with the heroine that when she you know pops in or something or meets the kid in the yard and she's like where where you're where you're at and that's how we all learn that he's a single dad versus being told at the very beginning, oh, it's a single dad romance. I'm like, oh, okay. I I absolutely agree. And I feel like a lot of times in mine, even with rom-com, like those are my little secrets where it's like, oh, there's a pregnancy or, oh, there's, you know, a baby or whatever. There's this kid and you, you want it to be kind of a surprise for the reader, but also it is like a marketing tool for those that maybe don't yeah. And they're really like, I just need to read about someone being pregnant, you know, like, and so they're searching very, like, that's what they need and they want to, I get it. So it's, it is frustrating, but, um, mm-hmm. I get double-edged sword. We forget, like sometimes people still get the surprise because maybe they found your book because someone was like, oh, that was a really good, um, you know, wake up in Vegas, married book. And so they find you through that one and like it. And then they go read all the, the rest with like, and totally blind. So they're getting the blind experience with the others. Like they don't realize that that one was like a virgin trope or a billionaire trope or whatever. Um, so you always get, you know, people are always coming in. Like a lot of are not coming in from social media, I guess, you know, there's a lot of readers that like really do not follow you online or anything. They just find your books, however. And so they're not getting the, sort of slammed by Facebook with all the like, what genre is it kind of thing? So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that again, goes back to that. There's, there's something for everybody and, and discovering new authors too um, is always a fun thing. Um, You mentioned that um, Virgin, you know, the the trip of virgins are, is some, one of your favorites. Why is that? I've always been curious. Oh, I think it's the, um, it's like the, it's cause it's like a first time thing, right? Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. Like, it's just sort of exciting. I think, um, and I do, it's so, I don't know, 
cliche or whatever. Like I do love like an older guy that knows what he's doing. And then like the virgin heroine, like I don't like, I don't write male virgins, which is is so like bad sexist of me, but um, I don't know. I think it's just the like excitement of like that first time. Um, I don't know. It's just, I really like love that. Like those are the books I sort of gear towards um, like the awkwardness, like she's not sure what she's doing. I don't know. Yeah. I love all that. <laughs> Where do you get your ideas for your books? That is, um, that's such a funny, it's like, also like the worst question when it's like your parents ask you that and it's like, Oh, <laughs> porn. Okay. I don't know. Um, you know, sadly, I feel like I got a lot of it and I've been, I've been home for so long with COVID just out in like everyday life, you know, like I would travel and, um, be on an airplane and be like, gosh, you know, it would be funny is if like the heroine sat in the wrong seat, you know, like, and so ideas would spark from those. And so I have been in a bit of a slump, I think being home for so long. Um, I'm finally traveling in two weeks, but I have not traveled since like January of 2019. Was that the year COVID happened? Yeah. I think it's kind of like when it started a little bit and then the lockdown happened in 20. No, it was January, 2020. Yeah. 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 So like I've literally, I have not been anywhere. And, um, and I used to sit in Starbucks a lot too, and just sort of eavesdrop. Um, if anything interesting was happening, like I had one whole idea that came from in my, in good time, the heroine is in a coffee shop in, in line to get a coffee. And like, she realizes the person in front of her is uh, about to have like a life coach uh, meeting. And so she's like, I could use life coaching. So she like purposely just sits at the table next to them and like starts eavesdropping. Um, And that whole thing came from like, I was literally sitting in a Starbucks and someone sat next to me and they weren't actually, which does come up in the book too. At first I was like, what the hell are, what the hell are these people talking about? Like, I couldn't figure out for the longest time if it was a life coaching or if it was like a pyramid scheme. And (laughs) I think it was actually a pyramid scheme, but like I took it so far, like I'm telling you, like, cause, and the heroine in the book does this too. Like there's a point where they're like, okay, we're going to meet here again next Thursday at 10. And I was like, damn right. I am. And like <laughs> I went back to that Starbucks, like at the next date and time, like hoping to like see them again. So I could continue my eavesdropping um, research. I don't think I ever found them again. And the heroine, I can't even remember now in the book, I think she goes back once. Yeah, she goes back and finds them. But then like the next time they're not there. And so she like loses her free life coaching. But um, <laughs> like, so little things like that, I, mm. I get from like real life being out and about. But again, with with COVID and stuff, I, I stopped writing in coffee shops. And, um, and now I've just been fixated with my move. But that's, yeah, a lot of stuff comes just from real life like the smallest inner thing I can twist into like a story, like not a full story, but like, that's where I get like the meat cute or like a little spark of an idea or like a subplot, like the heroine going to um, coffee shops to eavesdrop on other people's life coaching. Um, those are the things I get from just like kind of every day um, when I would travel and like sitting in coffee shops and that kind of stuff. That's usually where I get most of my motivation and my, um, 
I don't know. I get very, I get very um, inspired. Inspired is the word uh, from like travel and, and going out and about that kind of thing, which is odd. Cause like, I also feel like I never like to leave the house. So it's like, <laughs> it, 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 I'm like, it's interesting that I'm like, Oh, I get all my ideas when I leave the house, but also I don't like to leave the house. So does that mean that we could be probably potentially seeing something to do with like a contractor or house being renovated up soon from you? <laughs> you know, that is a good question. Everyone says that everyone wants me to. The problem is um, I very much like billionaire romance. And so none of these contractors are billionaires. So like, I, I feel like the renovation plotline would lend itself more to like a small town romance. So maybe it's something I can work into like a reindeer falls book. Cause those are my Christmas ones. There are a little more small town, um, even though all the guys somehow are still billionaires, but, um, also I would say it, there's very little actual sexy about a renovation. Like you just, none of these guys are like Hallmark movie well, there's, there's one that's pretty cute, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, you could be a billionaire that just got into an older building and he wants to revamp the, the kitchen or something in the, in the, in the, his townhouse. And he hires someone that thinks is like Billy, but it turns out that Billy is a girl, you know? Yeah. I would have, yeah. It could be the reverse or it could be like a mistaken identity thing where she thinks he's like the electrician or no. the or whatever and it's like he's not um but yeah I haven't been super motivated <laughs> to do like a contractor story I feel like there was something else I was going to tell you about that that I already forgot um but yeah I everyone's like write a story about this and I'm like oh it's exhausting oh I know like the other thing this is so not sexy like the reality of having all the contractors in and out is that like they're all peeing all over your toilets and it's really <laughs> annoying to clean toilets that you have not even like made a mess of, of yourself, you know? Oh my goodness. And, um, so it's like, I'm just tired of my bathrooms being filthy and like footprints everywhere. Like the, I picked white tile too, which I realized it was, it's like a white matte tile that I was obsessed with. And I put it in two of the bathrooms. And now that I've moved in, I'm like, God, it's constantly dirty. Like it's constantly <laughs> like people come in and out to work and there's like footprints and stuff. And I'm like, that was probably, I feel pretty good about most of my decisions, but that one, I was like, that was probably not my wisest um, decision. Cause I think these are always going to be kind of like, I'm going to be constantly cleaning those two floors. Um, at least you didn't put it in the kitchen. That's good. At least that is good. And the, oh my gosh, the dust, like I can't, I'm about to just lose my mind from just all the drywall dust never ends. I did have vent cleaning yesterday so they came in and like did the whole where they like vacuum out the air vents um which is good because again when they work like they would leave like chunks like the the vents in the floor that you can see um there would just be like chunks of drywall and junk and screws and nails like where I could just reach down and pull them out um but that's not like a thing contractors do you know like that's not their thing so like I was just cleaning out chunks of drywall from everywhere for months. And then again, yesterday they came in and did the whole vacuum thing. So I'm hopeful the drywall dust falls is over soon. Cause like right now I just feel like it's so This is also not sexy. Like I walk around on my floors and like my feet are dirty, even though like I just clean the floors, 
Like that's my test where I'm just like, no, why are the bottom of my feet dirty from like, what? it's just so gross. Like I, I'm just going to be so happy when this is all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. yeah. Funny too. Cause it's one of those you're, you're currently living it and you're trying to, you know, if you were to be writing a story, you're like, okay, what's sexy about any of this shit that I'm having to deal with right now? Right. That's what, <laughs> oh my gosh, please write a story about this. And I'm like, it's not sexy in reality. It's like very like, why am I stepping in dust or why is, and this house is very, um, it's a little bit wooded over here. And so like, there's also like been a few spiders. I'm not used to that or like these centipede things. And I'm just like, right. Like, and I'm not in my condo. Um, and my condo was only, it was a a four unit building and I was on the second floor. So it's not like it was a high rise kind of condo at all, but I think there just wasn't for whatever reason, there wasn't as many bugs over there. And so once I moved in here, I was like, Oh, there's a spider. There's a spider. And like, I feel like I sucked up like six spiders in the vacuum in the first like day or two. And I was like, huh, that feels like kind of a lot of spiders. And then (laughs) like some guy came up to my door and they were, um, it was like a bug pest company and he was doing next door. And it was like one of those, we can offer you a great deal because we're already doing the house next door. And I was like, sold. Like I am like the easiest customer. Anyone that comes up to my door right now, I'm like, yeah, you want to spray for pests? Come on in. Um, but so it made me realize that like the neighbors have the same issue. So I think it's just, there's a forest preserve like down the block. Yeah. And you know, when it's like 12 houses away, it feels like it's far enough away to not be a problem for you, but apparently not because there's just a lot of like creepy crawly, very unsexy things happening in this house right now. (laughs) So whenever everyone's like, right about this, I'm like, it's not, it's not sexy when the electrician just does not return for like, three weeks and you're like, I just want my light fixture up. (laughs) None of this is sexy. Yep. Yeah. Emails don't get replied to estimates are bigger or, you know, not exactly what they told you. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that, um, it's so, Oh, there is one. So talking about not getting replied to like landscapers have been the worst. Like they, it's so hard to get a landscaper to like come in or like, they come in to give you a bid and then they never reply with the bid. Like they're all overworked right now. And like, I think we had such a long winter in Chicagoland that like, they're all like a good month behind schedule as well. And so it's just, it was really hard to find someone. So I eventually, um, uh, my, my PR is Candy Kane and she lives in Chicagoland too. And she always is like, I, she knows a guy for everything. So she was like, Oh, um, long story short, she gets me this kid. He comes to my house. And first of all, he looks like he's in his mid twenties. And so at some point, cause I'm just totally inappropriate. I was like, cause I know who his dad is. His dad's a contractor. And I was like, how does your dad have, like, how are, how does he have a grown son? Like, this is bizarre. And he's like, Oh, I'm 18. I'm like, huh. dude, it has a full beard. Okay. Like he has a beard better than like a 40 year old man. He does not look 18. So I'm like, holy crap. He also does not act 18. Like he is very mature, like very respectful. Like everything is like, yes, ma'am. Like just, he's a great kid. Right. And I'm like the biggest attention deficit. Like he comes over and like, he'll ask me a question. And I'm like, I just start spinning in circles around the yard. I'm like, wait, can you take this bush out? And, um, anyway, so long, longer, long story short, this is the best part of my entire renovation. 
at one point, apparently it was reported back that I have MILF potential to, <laughs> and so Candy said that to me and I was like, stop it. I was like, he said that and it like made my whole, like, I've never been so excited um, because I'm old as hell. And so I was like, oh my God, like, I still got it. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to live on that compliment for like a year. I was like, that's right. That's right. The youngins think I'm cute. Yeah. Um, but that so- age, that, that that's happened to me too. When uh, younger, I, I was in high school, I was a senior and I had just, I was about to graduate and I had met this guy and he was super sweet and cute and everything could have sworn that he was either in the same level of grade wise that I was, or, you know, or had already graduated fast forward after dating for a couple of months at a Denny's, we're having a conversation and he's just like, well, you know, I've been meaning to tell you this. And I'm like, uh-huh. Tell me what he's 16. <laughs> and a junior. I was like, Oh my God, your parents are going to arrest me because, you know, stuff had happened. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) I was scared for a second. You were going to be like, he's 13. Oh God. Uh, No, no. He was 16. Yeah. But again, deeper voice, the, the, the facial hair, the maturity was significantly there working and stuff like that. And, and, and like I said, at the time I was like, 18, 20, 19, because it's my senior year in high school. And I'm like, fuck, bro. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> he is like 18 years old out there hustling. I'm like, he is going to be so rich when he's like 40. Yeah. He's already like, work. he's like, he's a real hard worker, uh, like booked back. And like, even this is how hard it is to get landscapers around here. I swear he got hit on by like two of my contractors. Um, like, I'm not even kidding. Like one went right up to him and was like, can I get your number? Um, cause he had landscaping work and the other one was like, can I get your landscapers number? Will he come out to like my house? Cause I have landscaping work. So he like literally got two more leads or gigs, um, just in the short time he was here. Cause it's just hard to find people. Yeah. Like, but I mean, that's, again, that kind of goes back to that whole, if you were writing a book, <laughs> yeah. you know, and she's needing some help and, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge age difference, but as soon as they're, you know, you're over. It's the only thing as, as long as soon as you become like 19, everything, like even if it's just a one year difference, sometimes you're going, oh yeah, no, you're, you're a youngin. Um, but also to have that whole thing where the, the girl is older than the guy tends to be another fun one too. So see, and those are, that's a trope. I, I never do the girls older, but you, you know what I would have twisted that entire thing into is like the heroine being like, oh my God, this guy thinks I'm a MILF, but then mm-hmm. she ends up with his dad. Like yep. that's how you have to be like somehow like- that works dad goes to check her out because the son's like oh i'm totally doing this milk job right now yeah <laughs> like that's how i would twist the entire thing yep. into a plot that would work for jana aston so yep and that works for the rest of us too so you know yeah. <laughs> um you had transitioned to doing audiobooks so all your stories are now orally available for us listeners as well what made you decide to have your stories be in audio um, I don't know. So I wrote the, the, and it actually took me a year to get wrong out on audio, um, because I was doing it myself and I, I just, I don't know, I was a little overwhelmed by the whole process. Um, and so once I got going with it, um, I just, I don't know. I, I just have always try to, uh, I just do it, my guess. I don't know. Once I, it just, I don't know why I wouldn't, I don't know why I'm stuttering through this. Um, but yeah, like, so once I got 
the first one, like I just do them all in audio. Um, I try really hard. It's just, this is another, or it's so intimidating and frustrating because to get them timed for the same time as like an ebook, you have to be done way months in advance, which is not my jam. Um, but I do feel the pressure and guilt of like wanting to offer everything at the same time. Um, so it's something I'm always trying to work on and like, as I am conscious of it, like I do want to offer it all at the same time. It's just behind the scenes, very difficult. Cause I operate kind of like a hippie where I'm like, okay, it's done hit publish. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't know, I, there's no reason not to do audio. I don't think, um, people like it. So might as well. Yeah. And what about casting? How do you go about casting your, your books? So casting, um, the first time I, I used a, it's called brick shop. It's like a, I don't even know the, like they cast, they did the odd, they were an audio production company, I guess. And that's how I did the first, um, many. And so I went to them and like gave them the gist of the plot and like, you know, the gist of the heroine's age and whatever. And they gave me some like auditions. Um, and so I listened to the auditions that was all female point of view. So it was just, um, female auditions and like Erin Malone's was my favorite. Like I loved her. And so I was able to book her through them and like, I just felt like she got me, like she got my sense of humor. She got my heroines, like she totally nailed it for me. And so I just continued to use her in, through, she's done all of them. So like, I would, I'll freak out if, if she <laughs> too busy for me. Cause um, I do not want to have to start over, but so that's, I just kind of got lucky that she had auditioned for it, I guess. Um, and that I found her that first go around. And then the males, um, my books are probably like, I'm trying to think. Some of them are all female only. I think it probably 80% of them are now like dual. So it's still mostly female. Um, those, it just depends. Like one I had, the guy was British. So it just very much became like who can do a really good British accent, which the funniest part was that guy did such a good British accent. I was like, are we sure he's not British? And it was like, <laughs> no, this guy lives in like Ohio. Um, <laughs> and I still don't understand. Like his British accent is just like fire. Um, so yeah, did I answer the question? I'm so scattered. No, you're good. Yeah, you're good. And um, you said Aaron Malin, right? I think you said Malone. Is it Malone? God, is it Malin or Malone? I, well, you- I've always said it Aaron Malin, and I think he does as well. But again, it goes back to even the even the narrators having to double check how things are said because you know different locations, different cities will pronounce things differently. So either way, I'm you know he's awesome. So. Yeah. I don't know why I can't get that right. I just, I'm <laughs> alone so bad, but you're, it's Malin. Yeah. It looks like Malin. Like it's spelled like Malin. I don't know what my problem is. Yeah. No. I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, no, again, no, she's great. I love her, but no, I can see where it could be Mal, you know, Malone, depending on where the, the, the emphasis is, if it's on the A or the O, it works out. I get it. I get you. It's okay. It's hard. <laughs> Yeah. What do you, when, the older I get, the more words I feel like I cannot pronounce. Like I just kind of go, wait, I don't think I'm saying that right. 
Oh, no, it's an entire meme on TikTok and, and now Instagram as well when it comes down to pronunciation of words and what we think has been, do- you know, we've been doing it correctly, but turns out we're not. And a bunch of the narrators have been jumping on that little trend to kind of, it's just fun to listen to. I'm like, well, no, wait, is it mischievous or mischievous? And, yeah. you know, yeah. I feel like Harry Potter was the first time I really realized, like I read, because I think those books all came out, I feel like before even the first movie or like I wouldn't have been listening to audio. And so like I read all those books thinking, I think I was calling it a perfect instead of a precept, mm. you know, that, that one or, and Hermione was the other one. Like I called her something else the entire time I was reading. I did not pronounce it Hermione. It was like Hermione or something like in my head, I, I had no idea how to pronounce that name. And then finally like the movies or something that came out and I was like, Oh, okay then. I've been saying that wrong in my head for a long time. No, it, it's definitely a thing. Um, one of my favorite books of all time is The Discovery of Witches. And that takes, you know, that entire series takes place in various places from France to England. And they travel back in time. And I am very grateful that I listened to the audiobook because otherwise totally would have been mispronouncing a quarter if not more than half of that book at one time or another it, it, you know when you're reading it and you don't understand or the, don't know the pronunciation you're kind of like and then he went to blah 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 blah, blah. and then he did the you know they they, they strolled down lane and it's like how do you pronounce that <laughs> so yeah. audiobooks are good for that um perspective and, that. Mm-hmm. and just even for everyday normal words that i realized i don't know how to say they're they're good for that too mm-hmm. yeah it is um, let me double check. So you mentioned about the narrator doing such a really great British accent. Um, I think you're talking about, uh, Jason Clark, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. He does, do, does do a really good British accent and yeah, he's from the Midwest. <laughs> I'm like, how is this even, oh my God, his British accent does things to me. Like I get all kinds of hot and excited. And like, <laughs> how is this guy from like freaking, like, I swear it is. It's like Ohio or it's like full on Midwest is to my recollection. Cause I was like, come on. I was like, this guy is from London. You're lying to me. No, no, definitely. He is from the Midwest. Um, he's been in New York for a long time with school and stuff like that, but his British is dear Lord. I mean, like I've, I've had cast him in books where the, the character is, you know, born and bred in, in the UK um and it's just phenomenal and add that to again he's really talented and gifted uh, when it comes down to uh voiceover and his acting and then his range is huge so you can he can do the the female voices he can do little kid voices he can do the the grumpy i'm in a bad mood billionaire voice and at the same time i want to have some fun so yeah he's a he's all over the place another british hero just to make him do it again for me because <laughs> you should <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you find that yourself when you, when it comes down to writing your stories now, um, knowing that they're going to be in audio, that you kind of add a little bit of something to it to either hear the narrator say a certain word or say it a certain way, or that you're writing the story specifically more for being more inclusive that it will be or aware that it will be in audio? I do find myself thinking about it, but it's actually probably almost a detraction because when I think about Like it's nothing I thought about at all when I wrote like my first book or two, like I wasn't thinking about audio. So it didn't occur to me as I was like typing the words, like how is this going to sound out loud? And it is something sometimes like I'm writing now and I'm like, oh gosh, how is this going to make sense out loud? But then I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, that's Aaron's job, not my job. (laughs) Um, 
but there are times where I'm just like, yeah, I do stumble or slow down and kind of go like, oh gosh, does that, does that sound not correct out loud? Or is that, I, I don't really have a good example, just that I know I've caught myself doing it. Um, where I think like, how does this translate into like oral versus on the page? Um, which again, I think it's best as a writer to not think about any of that stuff. I, Cause I do the same thing with foreign. Like sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, is this, is this something that is going to translate in a way that would make sense? Or is this such a, an American, not even like a phrase. Cause I figure they'll figure that out. Um, but there are just, again, times where I'm like, is this going to make sense to somebody? And I'm like, I can't think that all I can do, I have to just focus on the words on the page and like leave all that stuff to other people. Um, but it is, it's like that same distraction that like, once you realize people are reading it and you weren't expecting them to, and you're like, oh gosh, people are going to read this and, <laughs> and think things, you know, um, it's best to just, I try to like, just block all of that out and like, just me and the words on the page and then the rest of it will figure itself out kind of thing yeah well there are certain things like um that we've learned um obviously there's you know the punctuation on a page reads different than what we would how normally we speak because you're providing a guidance on how what is being said that's how those are the rules of the english language commas gotta be there even though you may not totally take an entire pause to say something but um i've noticed that a lot of times when it comes down to some of removing of the tags um is one thing that uh, sometimes the authors will get a little bit better at when it comes down to doing the audio but also a lot of times when there's text messages involved in the story and in order from as when I'm reading the book, I need to know who's the one doing the texting, whether it's the hero or the heroine or the friend or the, you know, the foe and so on and so forth. But it does not lend good to audio when it's like, and Rebecca texted, blah, 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 blah. John texted, blah, 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 blah. Rebecca texted, especially when it's done duet style or dual where people can kind of do the voice differentiation. So those are something too that I've learned and noticed that the narrators will ask the authors, hey, can we remove that verbiage? from the audio and just kind of use the the fact that we're doing the different voices or that we're doing it in duets so we know who's talking and just say it the first time and then that's it yeah I didn't actually thought about uh, those that's interesting and I don't feel like I do a little bit of texting in my books but it's never I've not like done a whole book of texting or anything like that it's it's pretty yeah even if yeah the book, you know it's not a lot but it is that is something to think about as well yeah the little nuances um I think that as more and more books are trans, you know, done into audio, those things that are like, okay, well, if, if it's duet narration, the fact that he's speaking tells me that it's one of the male heroes, you know, characters and the same thing with her being female and then the tones that they use. So just again, saying John, you know, texted, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, so-and-so texted. And then the rest of the conversation is just back and forth conversation as if it was the text. Yeah. yeah. Those little things you're going, oh, okay. For my next book, I'll do it that way. You yeah. Know, yeah. Fun time, little things. Yeah. Even if it's just a quick note or a couple backs and forth, it's always could be, can be distracting. I'm like, I know who's talking already. <laughs> Stop well, saying the, the name. <laughs> like you would totally know. So that's, yeah. So that's very interesting as far as um, that you have Aaron be your main hero, you know, a uh, voice for all your, your books. Um, and because she gets you, is that ever something that you've ever thought as of, as you continue to write that maybe you'll go into having another narrator do your female characters or is it just, she is your girl and that's it. 
I, I really don't like to think about that. Like it's stressful. <laughs> um, it's stressful enough for me. Like audio stress, it does stress me out. It's mostly a whole, like, the timing issue of it. Uh, it's just so stressful. Um, and like, I'm happy with what she does. Like I do, there are times like, yeah, I do think, cause I know she, she's doing a lot of her own stuff and gets busier and there might be a time where I have to pick someone else. And I'm, I know there's a lot of great narrators, so that's fine. I just, um, I don't know. I, I like how she does it. And, you know, you get into, I think with this business, like there are so many like unknowns and so many things that are difficult. And so like when you find someone that works well with you, like my editor is another where it's like, I, I know what to expect. She never lets me down. And like, I would just probably have to retire if she was like, <laughs> I quit. Um, the thought of like going over else, I'm just like, no. Um, so the ones that do work, like I, I like what Aaron does for me. I like my narrator or I like my editor. Like I, you try to hold on to the things that work really well, I think. Um, because there's enough frustrating things to deal with. <laughs> that already. is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I do love it that knowing that consistency is going to be there because, you know, she wrote, whether she's narrating it or she's producing a book, it's one of those, you know, when you get to learn what their standards are, you're going, yeah, it's a guarantee going to be a good listen kind of a thing. So I get you. I get you. And it's, I don't know why I sort of fix it to thinking like, oh, well, you did books one, two, and three. So you have to do four, even though all of my here, like all of my books are standalone. So like book four is a different couple. So yeah. in theory, it does not matter. Um, I've just always been sort of fixated on like, oh, well, they should all go together. Like they should all be Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I thought readers like that too. I thought they kind of like followed the narrator where like they kind of want to listen to everything. Yes and no. Or no. Yeah, it's a yes and no thing. I think the concept of having the same narrator for a series is based more on when it's a same couple mm-hmm. across. So they have a larger arc. Um, like I can think of like uh uh during the Jones's Charlie Davison series. It's you know, it's it's the same couple more or less. And so she has the same narrator across the board, even though the stories can technically also be read as a standalone because she's a private detective. So almost like every book's a different, you know, kind of arc, but there's still the, the relationship still growing. The, the stuff is still the same, some of the same characters. Um, uh, and some of uh, when there's like that, I think that's when we really want the consistency of the exact same narrators for the book. Um, but now with it being different couples and being part of a series, but then also they're actually more standalones or just in the same world, you're able to get a little bit more freedom and change up the narrators based on, you know, if there's a different accent work or if there's different, you know, individual that you want to try out, or if you wrote a, a character and because you heard a voice and you're like, oh, they have a, this kind of voice that maybe that narrator that you normally would use not be there. Um, and yeah. I also, yeah. So there's a lot of different variables. I, for a fact, yes, listeners love uh, narrators and they do have that where they will follow them and consistently read anything that they, they, they put out. Uh, but at the same time, I think too, that depending on the listener, sometimes we're like, Oh, okay. I love her. I really do. And I will listen to any book, but I kind of need a break. So I'm going to jump over to this other narrator and kind of cleanse a palette. So, yeah. That makes sense. And I think too, I guess if you had different ones, you would, you might pick up someone that's like, oh, I always listen to, you know, 
Meredith. And so I, Meredith did this Jana book and now I'm going to listen to it. Um, yeah. So I, that makes sense too, but. Oh yeah. That's the other thing too. You, by grabbing new narrators, you're also gra- grabbing a different, um, you know, fan base as well. So from a marketing perspective and a business strategy, that's always, always another thing that you're like, Oh, okay, well, I'm going to change it up a little bit just to get a, kind of get a different base and see. And sometimes it works great. And sometimes, you know, authors are like, well, no, you know, it worked out great, but I think I really like so-and-so. So they're going to come back for a different thing, or they'll start doing things like duet and multicast. And then a variety of voices can come in and play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, So when you're not working and doing renovations of the house, what do you do for fun? Oh, this is literally it right now. Like I, this renovation is a hundred percent my fixation and, um, fun. it is fun actually. Um, I am like hyper-focused on this house right now. I'm almost done. Like, and I actually, I'm kind of looking forward to just being done. Um, so I'm enjoying it. Other things. Yeah. Enjoying it and focus on other things. It is probably a weird way to run. I know a lot of people are like, I can't believe you're doing everything at once. And I almost, I just like want to do everything at once and never touch it. Like it's going to look like this in 25 years. Um, Cause I feel like I'm just, I want to be done. Um, but yeah, I do. I love like, I am a lot like my characters, I guess. I, I do love to go to like antique type stores, but not like, um, i trying to think of good ways to describe them. Like those antique mall type things where they have like curated booths from different but I, there's a couple near me that are like really good where they have really good curated booths where like all the, they have really good stuff. I've been to some like really huge ones where it just feels like a giant garage sale and it's like too much work to like dig through everything where you're just like, oh no, I can't do this. Um, but there's a, there's a couple by my house that just have really great booths. And I, I love that. kind. I love old junk. Like uh, I just love it. Like I shouldn't have called John cause it's like treasures, but like, I, yeah, I love to go to those kind of stores and I love, um, like farmer's market on Saturday morning. Cause I just, I don't know. I'm so, it's so cliche. Like I just <laughs> go to Dona and get like the fresh flowers and like get, um, some bakery goods and whatever. Like, I just love all that stuff. Um, so that's kind of what I would do for fun. Yeah. Uh, travel. Like I do, I'm excited to finally be like traveling again. I'm going to London in a couple weeks for, um, I'm really into the Royals. Like I'm real, I think I'm British. Down. <laughs> I believe that I'm British. And so I, the queen's platinum Jubilee is, is in a couple weeks. Um, which is for people that don't know, like she's been on the throne for 70 years, which never had, like, obviously that's never going to happen again. Right. Either right. the, the monarchy is going to be like completely disbanded at some point. And even if it wasn't, nobody takes the throne at 20. You know what I mean? Like nobody live long enough to hit 70 years again. So it's like, it's never going to happen again. And I've always wanted to be in London for like one of their huge, like you either, it's like a Royal wedding or a coronation or like this Jubilee, like there's only a handful of events that are this big. Yeah. Um, that will ever happen. It's like the next thing would be, I guess when Charles takes the throne, although I don't if feel like he takes the throne. <laughs> right. So it's like 
the next big thing might be like maybe William taking the throne or like George's wedding, which is like sounds weird to say because the kid is like what seven or nine. Yeah, it's like twenty years until we have like another, another major exciting milestone. event, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yep. um, even like a coronation, I don't know if that's. I'm not as excited about that as an as like a celebration event because it kind of means someone just died. It's not as cool. Um, but so I feel like George's wedding is the next big thing. So like, I'm just so excited to get to go and see the city all decorated, um, for the event and, and buy ridiculous souvenir. Like that's my hobby. Like I just want to stop at every cheesy souvenir stand and look at the same selection of cheesy souvenirs and then buy like a dish towel that says, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Oh my God, I've never seen a don't, dish towel. Don't forget about the plates. Don't forget about the plates. Well, I not too many plates because like, I, I, you know, I, they're hard to get home. Like That dish is true. It is shame. Like the amount of dish towels I have is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like literally cannot wait to go do that. And then just like get coffee and t- oh, afternoon tea. I cannot wait for the scones and the clotted cream. And then just like the people watching like cannot wait. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people are, are when it comes down to like, if they really love the Royals and stuff like that, they're like, maybe I was British in a past life and things like that. So positive that I was, I was meant to be, Oh, I just love London so much. Is this your first time going or this is a return trip? Oh no, I've been a bunch of times luckily. Okay. Uh, and it's, I actually did not get to travel overseas until I was like, well into my 30s I feel like so um and I, there was a long time when I was younger I was like am I ever even gonna get out of this country um but I have been lucky and I think with writing and going to signings and stuff to have opportunities to travel and I think just time off too like that was the thing when I when I worked it was like you had like two weeks you know a year off so like you just didn't even have the time yeah to travel so no I've been before I'm very excited I, like I kind of like I know what to expect. I feel like I know what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I can't wait. Cool. Can't wait. Yeah. And I know that you're going to a book signing and uh, a little later this year, I think. Right. Yeah. I have book Bonanza coming up yep. in that July. I haven't even put my, I'm, this is how I'm so scattered. I have not even put up my pre-order and every once in a while I scroll through Facebook and I see people that are like, my pre-order is closed now. And I'm like closed. I haven't even opened it. And then I'm like, do I even have time to still order books? I It's on my short list of things to do. I put pre-order on my list here. And then I need to like probably just order the books regardless of what's on pre-order and get those shipped because um, I guess it is getting, what are we, middle of May? Yeah, you're getting there. <laughs> yeah, like I guess it is getting, I just, I'm telling you, like I cannot focus on anything but just getting this house done. And like, it's I moved in, so finally- like I closed on this place at the end of October. But you were between like, two both places for a while. Going between, which was exhausting. And um, I just moved in like 10 days ago. And so that is like another weight lifted. And I have my condo. There's um, maybe one car load of stuff left at this point to just get out of there. And I have painters coming in on Friday to give me a quote on like getting it cleaned up and ready for sale. And a realtor is coming today, I think, to start the process because I just... I just need it like out of my life. And, um, 
the house is mostly done minus like the kitchen cabinets are in, but the countertops are not in, which also means like my plumbing is not in, in the kitchen. Oh. Um, right. Yeah, but it's fine. like the bathroom plumbing works. So it's like, I have a Keurig and I have a, like, <laughs> like, like all I care about is my coffee. Like I have coffee priorities. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like I have a fridge. Um, the microwave is actually working now. They hooked that up. So Nice. It's a little inconvenience where it's like, there's still a lot of stuff laying around that like needs to go like on the countertop or in the drawers that are still exposed and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's like very, very close to being completely done. And then I feel like I will be a little bit more focused and less scattered. Um, I'm chasing down some of these cause it's just like every day I'm chasing down the, like I still have windows without blinds on them that are, they're like covered up with contra- construction paper and I haven't even had time to like figure out how to get blinds yet or um, like my closet system. I have not had, it's, there's still just stuff sitting in boxes because I have not had time to do that. Oh, wow. um, so, but I'm close and then I can stop like hyper fixating on this place and like focus on fun and, and writing Canon's book and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. And there's a bunch of events that are coming up um, as well that are either in the planning stages for 2023 or there's some that are already happening later on. Um, you mentioned that you're in the Chicago area. Uh, Allure is actually happening in the end of September and that's specifically for audiobooks. I need to send you information on that. Maybe you can stop by and swing. Yeah. And, so I've not heard of that. Send me information. I've yeah. Heard. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Now or, or Book Bonanza this year and next year I have a Polycon. Yeah. I'm going to cut back on. Oh, next year, I think there's a an event overseas too. Um, yeah. I've yeah. The back. rares. Yeah. Yeah. I've cut back a little on, on signings just cause they do get, um, they're expensive and they are, you know, it takes a lot. I think at, at times right now we're, we're as listeners and readers, we're, we're like itching to be able to go to something and just connect with our, the, the new authors that we've, you know, discovered because we've been more on lockdown or reading more, uh, but also reconnect with those that we love and have met in the past. And then a lot of these events are now starting to include the, the narrators and the concept of audiobooks. And so we're like, ooh, we get to double dip and get to not only meet and hang out with the author, but hey, so-and-so is going to be there too as a narrator and get them to do some stuff too. So um, yeah. I, I, people are more interested in peopling, I think. And as an introvert, yeah. that usually doesn't people book conventions are the one place where my extrovert comes out <laughs> for a <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> yeah. I am such, I think that's the thing too. Like I am actually kind of an introvert. So it's like, um, the events can be a little exhausting a little because you're like on, 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 and then you kind yes. of crap. But I do also like, again, I get so much of my inspiration, I think from getting those little bursts of peopling. Um, cause I do spend so much time alone that like, it, again, like the whole COVID thing has been hard because I, I did good of, um, like I would go out and do a signing, get that little burst of peopling and then get to go home and like chill again. And like not having really done any peopling in the last two years, I think is just like, now that's why I'm like a rambling. I can't even like <laughs> give you a coherent sentence where I'm just like, I don't know how to speak to people anymore. I'm like afraid of humanity. Um, <laughs> you so. know, I, I hear you. I am, um, aside from the, the podcast and, and now for June, the series, this is as, as far as peopling has gone for me, aside from grocery shopping and having to run errands and stuff like that. And then the Chicago uh, event, Allure is happening. And I did not just 
dive in as far as, yeah, I'm going to attend. But no, it's like the official podcast of the event. And we'll be doing interviews on, on the red carpet here. And, and I'm also doing a panel about marketing audiobooks. And I'm like, girl, this is your first thing in like two years. And you went just dived in. <laughs> and that's then I get like social anxiety because I'm yeah. like, wait, I don't know. I don't know how to people. I'm not a people person. And then I like freak out. and Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm at that point where I'm going, oh, okay, I got to start getting outfits and clothes and oh, crap, I got to book the flights. Hotels already taken care of. But oh, yeah, those yeah. little things. Yeah, I got to put that on my list. I still haven't booked a flight for Book Bonanza. Okay. Oh, goodness. That's all that matters. Go flight. Yes. Okay. Yeah, especially with you. I, I still have a little bit of time. It's in, you know, end of September. You have like about a month and a half. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, stop. I know. Is it really, when is it in July? Is it early July? I think you know, like so. No, mid-July, mid July, mid-July. Yeah. Yeah. Like a solid eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it God. is one event that I've been wanting to go to book Bonanza. Um, just, it just, it ends in the summer and I have family in Texas and I've been there in the summers. It's not fun. Um, um yeah. Yeah. But uh, a polycon I've been to before that one's going to be fun. Have you been to a polycon before? No, I have not. And I, yeah. I've been to DC, um, like once, um, but I'm looking forward to that. And it's like in the spring when like, it's like, uh, Oh, the cherry blossoms are going to be out. Yeah. And so I think that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I've only been, I've only been out there once. So but not her polycon, so I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I've, I've been there for the polycon one time, and I had also been to the Washington D.C. in the past, but it was so different to be able to spend th- there a day or two before and after the event, and be able to go get a signing, hang out with some of my authors, and then go sightseeing, and you know, doing different things and traveling and going to the aquarium and all that fun stuff, and seeing it as from an adult perspective. But man, those cherry trees are fantastic at that time. I, so. I can't wait. I'm planting a couple. Did I plant? I planted. I'm planting a couple of trees in my yard. I was trying to get a couple of trees planted for like, you know, like the year I bought the house kind of thing. Yeah. So I could like look at them and be like, oh, look how they've grown. Um, I'm such a heavy. Um, and so <laughs> I think one is like, uh, one is a magnolia and one is a, I think a weeping cherry. That sounds like a real tree. I don't have yeah. a list of me, but, um, I think they're going to be cool. I'm going to put them outside my office window so I can look at them all day. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm definitely looking forward to when you start sharing what it looks like, especially the before and after. I always find kind of fascinating. Um, I know. Yeah. I feel like I've been a lot of photos on Instagram. You have been, I, yeah. I've been so, again, just distracted with that actual move. I don't think I've posted on Instagram in like two weeks now. So I need mm-hmm. to get back over there and get some. Yeah. Everything's kind of like still half a mess too. Like I've mostly impact but it's like I don't have perfect after photos so I'm still working on that but oh yeah no that's definitely something that happens once everything is cleaned out and you've done probably the floor cleaning a few more times because of the again the dust and things like that and I totally understand why you would want to do everything at once even though it's it is a a lot but the idea of straggling uh, projects out you will be in a never-ending hot mess of a house and your cats will yep. also be stressing out and they'll be like wait I thought I had a black cat why are you gray and it's called dust I, mother <laughs> I swear I was like I, that was why I was like I needed to do the renovation before they moved in because I I'm like a helicopter cat mom and I was like yeah. I, can't have them, I can't have them be distressed like they cannot oh, yeah. us yeah you're like okay crazy lady I'm like no seriously like no yeah no I, as a cat mom as well I'm, I'm the same way when it comes down right? to like, things that are happening in the house yep how are they affect the babies 
I know other listeners can't see, but I've been on uh, this cat that's been sitting yeah. on my lap the entire time is 19 and a half years old. <gasps> but like, I know. And like, he lived his entire, I got him as a nine month old kitten and he's been in the condo his entire life. Oh my goodness. So like, this is going to be stressful enough that he has to move at this yep. age. Um, and actually he complete as like a total champ. Like he just moved in and was like, yep, this is fine. Yeah. I know you guys can't see this, but I've, um, you know, she's on camera with the kitten and I've been trying like Vivi focus, focus on the questions and what she's talking about. But the cats have been running in, you know, one of them in the background that the orange one is kind of like going back and forth against the door. Like mom, are you done yet? And yeah. And then your black one, which is the one that you're talking about has been such an, a lovely cat lap and has just come up to you and hung out the entire time. And there are moments where he's gotten up and kind of like, Hey mom, I need you to pet me. So I'm going to move around, but he has been so good. Yeah. He's um, very wiggly. He likes to, he likes to move around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So See, my cats are vocal as well. Even though, even the older ones are a bit more vocal and I just got brand new kittens that we found in our yard about two weeks ago, took them to the vet yesterday. And one is officially nine weeks old. And so she was five when we got her, uh, so six, excuse me, because I can't do math. And the other one is currently five weeks old. So he was three weeks old when we got him in my backyard. From the same litter. Yeah, no, there. I mean, they could be from the same litter, but there is enough of an age gap. And also one was in the front of the house. The other one was in the back of the house. And, you know, the, the girl is actually an orange cat, an orange tabby, which is rare. Um. And, uh, and the other one is looks, she, you know, he has his stripes and his gray and it looks like a little, his face looks like a cheetah face. And I'm like, Oh yeah. But yeah. I got a bunch of ring cameras and there's some, there is a cat that actually has disappeared since I moved in, but was like prowling the property for a real long time. And I was thinking lived under the dock and might be having, I might be getting some baby kittens. So it is spring season. So it is kitten season. That's where yeah, these came from. Like thinking, but I've ne- now I haven't seen this cat and like, 10 days could be uh, that if he, if she was pregnant, it could be that she's giving birth or gave birth and is hunkered down at the moment. Well, I, I thought she was hunkered down under my deck is the thing. Oh. I think she, this is cause she was triggering the cameras in the middle of the night. That's all the only time I've ever seen this cat is when it's dark. Like I've mm-hmm. never seen during the day. And so she would trigger the cameras and I assume that's what she was doing without like prowling for food. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I'm like, I, Stray cats make me sad. So like, I'm, I'm hopeful she has a home um, and it's mm-hmm. just prowling, but I kind of doubt it. Cause she just has been circling my property like, yeah. entirely too much. I'm like, you, and I know she doesn't live on either side of me. Um, Cause I've already verified that. So. Yeah. Um, I wasn't yeah. planning on those little kittens. Yeah. What? I wasn't planning on those little kittens. In fact, my son was like, I want a cat. I'm like, kid, we already have two. One is like, 10, eight and the other one so darcy's about eight and then uh snickers i got her as soon as i moved from miami to orlando so you know it's been about 20 years because it was like oh five and um which is hilarious she's the oldest cat so far right now and it's like she looks like a little kitten because she's so tiny and i'm like no no more cats and so i've been telling him for months and he's found some like at the pet smart and stuff like that i'm like nope 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 Nothing like getting that phone call on, you know, when he's supposed to be home from work and he's like, get out here right now. And I'm like, whose ass do I have to kick? What's going on? Being all motherly protective. And, and he's like, I need you to get out of here right now. And I'm like, holy crap, what's going on? Come to open the door. And he's sitting on the floor with a little orange cat. And I'm going, dude, don't, 
don't scare me like that. And he's like, she's so cute. I'm like, oh God. Oh God. Oh, God. Yep. No. Yeah. In my neighborhood, it's like, they, they all come around. I'm like, I'm not, you're not staying. So keep walking. Um, but I'm a sucker for little babies and stuff like that. So picked her up. And then within an hour, my husband's in the backyard walking the dogs and busts out with, there's another one. And I'm like, another money tree. Is this one going to bloom? And he's like, no, not a money tree, honey, a cat. <laughs> I'm like, no. Too, so I'm afraid I'm going to end up with like 17 cats, probably like a raccoon and a skunk or something. I'm just like, oh, yeah. one that comes close to the door. I'm going to be like, do you want to move in? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they, they know when it's good people and stuff like that, but I'm like, no, I, I, I don't, my house is no, I don't want that much work and maintenance and keeping it. And I'm also very much like, you know, that I have animals because I tell you, or you see them, not because you smell them um, and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. one of the fun things I do with my reno, cause I, I have like a litter box room and I put uh, like a bathroom vent fan in there. Nice. Uh, yeah. Cause it, like, it looks they're they're nice lights now. So it's like, it just looks like a ceiling fan, yes. like a light, you know, it just looks like a light, but then like I can turn on the fan and like, um, vent it out. Yeah. Like just to get the dust. And like, if there is any smell, just like as an added, uh, I'm the same. Like, I don't want people being like, oh, you have cats. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah. That's one of the things when we did um, some of the light fixtures, um, the one in my bathroom was one of the ones that I'm like, okay, it needs to have at least a light and that it can kind of, it's a nice little, not so loud, but loud enough, whatever mode and that it does its job. But cause at the end of the day, it's supposed to do the job. So it might be loud. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things when you get to redo stuff around the house, you get to particularly I'm like okay well if we're gonna do this it has to be something that the cats blah 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 I'm like I am such a cat mom <laughs> it's so fun though, like because it's like it was like because everything was getting redone it was like okay I want an outlet in the closet like I yep. want an outlet there for my printer and I want an outlet there for the Dyson like yes I was so particular about like where everything went which was awesome because it was you know I just spent, I spent so long in my last place. And like, so it was like every single thing that is like an inconvenience, you fixed like it, knew, you know? And so it was like, no, I need an outlet right there. And I need, you know, yep. Same so, thing when the electrician came over. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's all about not being, um, I hate like a bad design that is nothing irritates me more than like bad design basically where it's oh, yeah. just like, why is this? It's like when I go to a, like a Starbucks drive-thru, this is so snobby, like where it's just badly where, you know, like they're blocking the cars. Yep. And I'm like, why, why did the, why did this get designed this way? Like oh, yeah. now, everyone's irritated. Like every day, everyone's irritated backing into the cars and like the trapping the people, like, why didn't you just you know loop it this way? And it's like the same at the house. Like, I don't want to like constantly like you walk in, you have nowhere to put down your coat or whatever. And you're just constantly irritated, like just design it right the first time to not be in a way, I guess. Yeah. No, I hear you. I totally understand. It's um, fine buying an older home and living in it and having things go wrong to come to find out that like, well, there was a leak in the, uh, our master bathroom and it turns out we had to completely gut everything because of the mold that was happening. And then, oh, look, there's no dish pan in the shower and you have to redo that and so oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you're like where the hell did this shit happen <laughs> i lived in orlando for like two years after college where uh, where are you yeah no. in orlando so i'm in, in okoe so i live in the suburbs area yeah. yeah i'm like a big i love disney yeah uh, i just yeah I, I have not been to disney in like 
gosh, I bet you it's been like four or five years now. So I'm like totally mm-hmm. due for a trip. Oh yeah. That with all the new stuff that we've added, we've, you know, between the, the Hollywood studios has all the new star Wars stuff, uh, galaxy, yeah. galaxy's edge and the new hotel that's completely immersive in the experience is up and running now. Um, Epcot is having the new, um, Oh my goodness. There's just so many new things oh and I can't keep up. I love it as like an adult. Yes. Like, you know, like I don't need a kid to go. Like I like to go during off season. Yes. And it's not busy and it's not hot and just stroll around and like, yeah. Yeah. Love Definitely. It. Well, if you ever want to come over, let me know. We'll go and uh, I can take you. I can take you around the world. It's like, I love to say to people. And when I take oh, you to yeah. Epcot, yeah, we'll do yeah. shots around the world and or desserts <laughs> around the world too. That's another fun one. <laughs> I also have always wanted to do the um, the food and wine festival. Oh yeah, that's fun. That's definitely yeah. fun. Yeah, it's a oh you'd love it for people watching. Yes, you love it for people watching. Uh, it became it's one of those like people tend to forget that it is a family place and they're plastered and that's, you know, they'll come up with t-shirts where they're literally checking off all the different countries that they've had a drink at and they're laying on the grass and places that usually don't get to have people around because they're plastered. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I that's also the, the Disney marathon and I'm not a runner. I oh, just, you don't have to be. Yeah. Right. I just want like the shirt and like, <laughs> And I, like, I just want to be like, yeah, I did, I did that 5k. I know yeah. that's like, well, that's see, this is where, um, funny enough, um, after those kind of marathons that we do, the Disney, uh, does have a, 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 a shop that's specifically for the employees and, um, and they have all that, a lot of that stuff that people would get for participating. So you don't really need to participate sometimes to get some of those goodies. <laughs> Like, you just hook me up and I'll just be like, yeah. yeah I think, hey, what's your I size, girl? Like, <laughs> I, did the, I did the, what's the real marathon? 13 miles or something? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm not 15, I don't even know. I'll be like, yeah, sure did. Yeah, yeah, fun. <laughs> People will be like, Jana, you did yeah. not be any such thing. Mm-hmm. Like, but hey, there's there's got to be a perk for working with the mouse and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you work with words all day long and uh, have a variety of different things that you're writing things like that. Um, what's your favorite word? Not to be confused with your favorite curse word, because that's the second part of this question. <laughs> do people have an answer for this? A favorite they, word? They do. They have. And yesterday I was talking to one particular um, British narrator that um, it's up and coming. I'll have to give you his name. Um, and he had it, he only, he had not only one, but two, he was like on it, like white on rice. I'm like, damn boy, you're good. <laughs> I, am, I mean, I would have, but you just already told me it can't be a swear. Cause I have a favorite swear word, but like yes. yeah. a favorite word. Yeah. I don't coffee. Like I don't that know. That could be it. Yeah. That could right? be it. it yeah, be coffee. coffee. Okay. Um, I, that is, I'm going to, that's going to plague me like two weeks from now. I'm going to be like, I've got it. Um, <laughs> well, we'll definitely, when you, when you come back to, to chat on the podcast, I'll be like, okay, right. Jenna, what's the word? <laughs> yeah, what is the word? I gave this some thought. What is the word? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And my favorite swear word is definitely fuck, but that's yeah. just like, that's just like 
not even a real word anymore right it's just like everything's fuck like fuck, yeah fuck, fuck. that is definitely the biggest consensus is like if i were to be doing a poll it would be that that's the the largest uh favorite where you know then as far as numbers goes uh favorite you know curse word is fuck there have been some other ones that are creative uh again that british narrator was twat so i was like yep i use that often enough i'm like that's twat is good. i do like to say uh jackal sometimes oh. um, or like just jackass as, jackass as yeah like, yeah yeah. Yeah. Like those are when I might, I actually mean like, oh my God, you're a jackass. Like, yeah, this doesn't have a meaning anymore. It's just like, I'm fucking hot. Like we're just using it as like an adjective. I think at this point, you know, it can be, I think that's also where depending on the infant, you know, how the, when you emphasize it a specific way or not, it can be used. I mean, it is very versatile. The word itself, it can't be used as an adjective noun pronoun, you know, all that yeah. fun stuff. But those creative ones, like I, even though I'm not British, I will go with bloody hell a lot sometimes. Oh, bloody hell. See, this is what I'm saying. The Brits do everything so much better. Like I love yeah. other words. Yeah. Uh, you knob, like when they call you a knob. Oh yeah, you're such a knob. And even yeah. then, even when they do the, the, the C word that sometimes here is like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that word. And I'm like, yes, cunt. That knows what I'm really I, pissed off. I'm not offended by any yeah. word. So cunt is just like, I don't care. Yeah, it's almost like the equivalent of many, many eons ago when bitch used to be used as a bad descriptive, you know, yeah, for a woman. Like it's a bad word either. Like, it I, isn't. I call myself a bitch all the time. Like, I don't think of it as de- degrading or demeaning, rude even. Like, yeah. Like, bitch, bitch, bitch. I, <laughs> yeah, I just, it's a good word. This yeah, but that's where I'm like, such a fucking cunt. Ugh. That's when yeah. you're like, mm, yeah, no, you're bad. Yeah. So yeah, fuck is a, definitely a popular one. So before we go, what can you tell us about what it is that you're currently working on or what's coming up next for you that you can share? I'm working on Cannon's book. Um, it's called Lucky Girls. It's in the um, the Vegas series, I guess I call it, um, after Good Girl and Good Time. But it's a character that he has shown up He's been like lurking in a lot of other books because he's in Sure Thing as well. He's the uh, cousin of that hero. Um, and so he's been kind of lurking around in the background and, and readers have been asking for him some for some time. And he is definitely way behind schedule due to this move. And I think just being depressed with COVID and whatnot. Um, but I'm working on him and he is a delight. And I, I, gonna just I hate to even be like yeah this year because I was saying May at one point as well which obviously is not happening <laughs> but um he is like 100% my focus is getting back to that book and finishing it um as soon as probably when I get back I'm not going to say I'm doing anything in the next two weeks because I'm definitely not and then I'm going to London but I'm hoping to have everything wrapped up with this house by about that time so I can spend the rest of the summer really focusing on on canon yeah well, we love knowing what comes up next as far as who's the next hero or the heroine and the story and kind of like, ooh, well, how is this going to turn out? So knowing that yeah. it's canon, we're going to be like, yes, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely take your time. We want a good book. So don't rush yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's been the thing too. It's like, I, I kind of skipped over him and did um, Mrs. Russo during COVID because I just was like, not in the mood. Like I needed to be in a certain mood for him because- He's just like kind of a jokester, you know, and like I just needed to be in that headspace. So, yeah, exactly. No, again, yeah, we're from I'm from the camp of take your time, 
do it right, do him justice. When you give it him to me, it's going to be awesome kind of a thing. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, for being part of this year's audiobook loving series. It's been so much fun chatting with you and thank you. Your- yeah. And every- yeah, no, it's been fun. I, I love getting to know, I'm like, we've always DM'd and stuff on social media, but being able to sit down and just talk to you. And then I'm like, Oh my God, we have this in common. And I'm like, Oh, if you do come here, I, I know it's exactly a couple of shops to take you antiquing and things like that. So it's always fun. Um, oh yeah. Of- you guys also have a, um, like a Lily Pulse or resale shops in Orlando area. Yeah, we do. But even like an hour and a half away, we have a couple of other things too. Like my sister lives in Seabrings and she took me to this town that was an hour away from her. And it was literally like a night. It was like, they even have a saloon. Um, so they have a bunch of stuff and in the entire street. It was full of different boutiques that were little shops of different antiquing. And I got a lot of good things. And I'm like so- really into like mid-century modern, like yeah. these- type too so like yeah i love all that um yeah love it and so love now it. when i go out i'm gonna be like hey jenna what about this and then if you're like yeah yeah grab i'm like okay i got it and not to ship it to you <laughs> oh my god i would love it yeah but thank you again it. for for t- hanging out with us and everyone thanks for hanging out with us today and we hope you've enjoyed this chat and gotten to know jenna a bit better and th- and we hope that you've also enjoyed the series and make sure to follow her on social media because she has a bunch of good stuff up and running and she's always fun so you'll we'll include her links on the audiobook loving series page over at viviana enchantress of books and until next time happy listenings thank you for joining us in the audiobook loving series hosted by viviana enchantress of books we hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series we've included audio samples of our guests work within the post for you to check out Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program 